So right now, you said that this is, you would consider this your studio right now, right? Or you said you're moving from your current place here. Right. This is the building when my new studio. Okay. So um, what do you think of this building? Do you like it? How does it compare to your other space? Um, I think this social, this this building have a more social environment, which is interesting. Um, I think you're having people around to come to your studio, see your work, talk about it those conversations in between creating something and process of like a research of like introspection i think those places are important for my practice and i i think in the other studio i was pretty isolated which is also was good i think for my first year here at columbia because i was able to develop a lot of things but i'm kind of ready to share those so um i like them both in a diff- different yeah. ways so you you said you like the isolation I like it, yeah. Does it, uh, why? Is it because it just helps inspire your creativity in such a way that's different than mm-hmm. being around people all the time? Right, that's why we talk. We just mentioned uh, very fast that it's nobody in the building yet because it's too early. I feel like it's the same at night when like, people go to bed, it's quiet, and somehow it helps for your ideas to, or for your brain actually, to kind of like focus and. Yeah. Um, you listen to yourself in a different way when like so many distractions in my other studio i have a kindergarten in front oh really so i have a window i normally never at this time and i think they leave like at noon or one <laughs> so that's fine it doesn't bother me because yeah. i'm never there in the morning but um it's different to have things around and uh, distractions or um like the city is happening yeah it's so intense during the day but you just said that sometimes you're working until like four in the morning but that's like a norm and other artists are like that too here i think so i think a lot of us work at night a lot um yeah i'm i'm a visual artist but i'm also a moving image so i kind of work a lot with uh, video and okay film. so let's talk about that so, so how did i how did i find you right so you you asked me that before mm-hmm. and i was kind of i was kind of a dick because i was like uh oh you know we shouldn't engage or whatever before this right, but right. i i don't know in hindsight i probably i don't know i shouldn't have been so whatever weird about it but anyways so um yeah so the way i found is you uh i spend you know quite a bit of time at the school of the arts just because i like I like being there, I like writing there and just being around. I feel like I'm kind of in the mix a little bit, you know, being there. So um, I definitely heard conversations about you and about your work. Um, and then I was, I just came across more of your moving image stuff and your performance art stuff. And it kind of just, it got me in a way that um, I haven't really felt about people's art in such a long time. And honestly, even setting up to this, I was almost intimidated because you've done so much in so many different mediums uh that it's kind of intimidating like where do i even start but then uh i was just thinking about how all of it seems to almost weave in together like in terms of your political statements your impacts about social issues the quality of the work itself and then all the different media within media that you tend to use like especially in film like 16 millimeter i think that's really refreshing to see that so was this always sort of the plan like would you think that it's almost trivial to call you like a visual artist or just a performance artist because you do so many different things like how do you feel about people putting you in a box like that is that something that you anticipated or or not so much yeah well before we finish that the part i was saying is like i edit at night Mm. that's why i'm staying so late at night also like when editing is easy to do it at night the light helps and everything so that was a that's the introduction to um, (laughs) what i do moving image but i don't i really I think in my, yeah, like you say, I work in so many genres that I don't feel necessary. Like I, um, I need to explain myself much. I think uh, contemporary art right now is so hybrid also. It's like, there we were talking yesterday actually, having a conversation about documentary film and yeah. thinking about, um, there is like so much, we can expand it in so many ways. And I think uh, our practices right now are like touching like, um, we have here like sound artists that are like incredible and they're in the show that we have right now they're showing painting yeah and it's just like unbelievable um, so I feel like it's part of and then paintings are becoming um, with sound also like yeah. having this reference so I think uh, I don't I totally don't feel like they need to box me or I feel like constrained because yeah exactly 
Nobody can do that. <laughs> it's not even possible. Exactly. Yeah. Those people are crazy. So then, uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me to that show. So I definitely went and I saw a lot of, you know, cool paintings and cool work by. Um, so that was that was an MFA, a Columbia MFA specific show, right? Right. So we have uh, normally we have a summer show and uh, the first year's uh, planet for yeah. the summer. So we did it uh, this year. And then um, we have like another person, another artist in our cohort mm -hmm. um, wanted to make a second show. So um, right now they have like two shows running. And I think the first one is closing actually today. Mm -hmm. And then this other one that I'm participating it was basically one of our um, friends from, from the cohort who put it together and invite three curators from also the program, the curator, um, I forgot the name of the program, yeah. but, um, the curator program in, in this in at Columbia. So there is kind of everybody from, from the same. But was there like, uh, was there an underlying theme? Because I noticed that there were a lot of different, even within the show, I mean, there were um, sort of, I saw, you know, homages almost to Magritte. I saw a lot of, um, I saw a painting about sports that was like, that was kind of interesting. And I noticed that none of the paintings, nothing really had a, a title. I mean, that was shown. Was that a deliberate choice? Right. So um, I think so. I think the curators um, decided that uh, they don't want to put any information on the walls, but they also have a QR code that you can go and, oh. look and then find the map and then you can find everything. I don't know how to use those <laughs> things. That's too complicated <laughs> for me. Um, okay, so then that's yeah. that's sort of like the painting side of it. Um, I mean, in terms of the different media that you explore, do you have one that you feel more connected to? Or, or even before we start about that, so then where did you where did you grow up? So I was born in Colombia. Yeah. And I grew in up Colombia. In and Columbia. now you're back in Colombia. Yeah, that's true. Everybody Full circle. about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I grew up in Colombia in the middle of the mountains and the city. So my grandfather was, uh, he used to plant coffee. So he had mm. a coffee farm. So I grew up like my summers and my school breaks in that farm and then um, in the city with my parents. So. And then I studied in an art school, so yeah. it was kind of like my mom <laughs> named me after a painter. I think uh, her biggest frustration is like, I'm not a painter. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I, yeah, I, I was in Colombia until I was 16, and I was... Um, wait, wait, so let's talk about that. So growing up in Colombia. So when you think about, when you see coffee here, is it just like not comparable to what you had growing up? I think up? in New York you can find really good coffee if you know where to go. Okay. I think it... Um, maybe in the middle of the country will be a little harder yeah. uh, but in the coast like I uh, live eight years in California and if mm. you know where to go of course you can find good coffee but the normal coffee around yes is not that yeah good <laughs> so then um so growing up in Colombia until yeah. you were 16 I mean what was that like I mean um were you like what kind of people were you surrounded with what was the life that you were living I mean yeah. you were surrounded by coffee I guess but right. what about people um so my family, have my family, they're artists, um, musicians. I have an uncle who is puppeteurian that I grew wow. up with. Um, so he makes gigantic puppets and he used to travel all around the world with his company. Um, so I remember being like my um, birthday parties being like such a huge thing with like, yeah. like a circus performers and <laughs> uh, people coming on steals and then all the wow. kids. Were just, I was the coolest kid around because, uh, because of my uncles and... Um, also, the mus I have my other uncle who's a musician, and he um, plays in the experimental theater in Cali, the city I was born. Mm. So he's a musician there. So when I was a kid, my mom used to leave us there. So I almost, I kind of grew up at the theater too. And yeah. I think that's a lot of the influences I have in my work right now. That's interesting. So then were you, were you encouraged or, I mean, dare I say even pressured to go into the arts because it was always around you? Or was that something that you kind of thought would be like too buying in to what your family's doing i think i don't even have time to think because i was so little that i yeah. grew up with that yeah. and i kind of never think about doing anything else like what i do it's like part of like my dna almost like um yeah it never crossed my mind to do something else so yeah. feel like again box or unbox it was just being yeah who were who were you inspired by who were your influences growing up in terms of art i mean how did how did you even how do you even get started on that so you're living in columbia 
and your family is composed of artists and musicians and you don't have any second thoughts about doing anything else. So how do you start? What's the first thing that you that kind of gets the ball rolling in terms of you making art? Yeah, I knew like I was listening to this amazing artist from Colombia. Her name is Doris Salcedo. Mm. And then she was doing, giving this interview and saying like she knew really young if she wanted to do art, she had to leave the country. And it was mm. something that I actually experienced right away. And I kind of felt so com- kind of connected to her yeah. because we were studying in my city with only one little contemporary art uh, museum. And um mostly from dead painters of dead artists so it's like i don't know how contemporary <laughs> that was yeah. but um all the th- all the art that we were surrounded with in terms of like um like big names were everything by books so like we we're not able to go and see like like big like work right yeah. now and like you go here in new york everywhere or on other places of the in the country so i knew that it was something that i have to do right um and the first place that I, I went, it was uh, Brazil, and I, I intend to study painting. And my first semester, I decided, okay, this is just not for me. Why? Um, I guess I've been, I study in a school that we didn't never have like lines. I, I've seen all of these like uh, coloring books for kids. Right? Oh, yeah. And then you have to paint inside, and then right, right, people right. have to have certain color of a skin. Yeah, I'm not good at that at all. And then, yeah. oh, and then. Uh, I studied at school that it would just give you a huge paper for all the kids to paint on the same thing and um, never to impose that the color scheme has to be this way. It yeah. could be purple, it could be green, yeah. it could be anything. And then enter into a formal like um, school of the arts in Brazil when then you have to like do the interpretation like is this exactly the way it looks. It looks very rigid. Right. Um, I was like, I, I was like, we're spending the whole semester trying to make, which is normal right now, but mm-hmm. like bones, the structure, and then you go and then put the skin, and then right. I was falling asleep on the table. <laughs> I was like, this is really not for me. And of course, they were going into more experimental later, but I think it was the first three years of the career. It has to be at least in that place, in that way. So I realized, okay, I just really don't want to do that. And, um, I also realized when I left Colombia that I was, it was really funny in that time, I'm gonna, here I'm gonna display how old I am, yeah. but uh, I was listening to CDs, right? I have my desk man. And um, my friends from the school in Brazil asked me like, what type of music? I, yeah. Like it were Colombian music, right? right? And I didn't, like I was listening to Manu Chao and like mm. different things from all over the world, but um, nothing really Colombian. And I realized like, wow, I think I really need to understand where I'm coming from. Right. And that's why I decided to start traveling. And then the easiest medium in that time for traveling was a camera. So I started doing photography. So it was a practical decision. So you were able to travel with it. Right. I was like almost three years with a backpack around Latin America. And then I went to India. Whoa. um, I stayed there for almost a year. Where? Well, I... I started most, mostly in the south, uh-huh. um, Kerala, Pondicherry, yeah. and um, you know, how you been? Uh, I, I haven't been, okay. but my family's from uh, Pakistan, oh, which yeah. is right next to yes, it. Yes, of course. And I watch a lot of Indian movies. So. Uh, I was only in the, at the border um, of Pakistan, but I was traveling alone and it was a little complicated. To you were traveling Pakistan. alone through India. Yeah. And how old were you? I think I was 19. Mm-hmm. nice yeah. so then what did you so you said you were in kerala you were in other places yeah. pondicherry yes pondicherry so india and then it was a little bit in delhi and rishikesh and all the part of the north and doing yoga i was kind of like looking for um and understanding uh perception like it was really different from what i'm used to in latin america yeah and i ended up studying uh photography art photography in argentina in buenos aires wow and after that, I started I start having some exhibitions and seeing that I was going to put music into my exhibitions, like a kind of a companion to the images. I was doing mostly photo documentary, but mm. really more exp- in an experimental way. Like what were some of the w- what were some of the topics that you were exploring in that? Mostly women. Like in India, it was a lot of like uh, how like women who work yeah. basically, which is a really big thing for me to see in these communities. First, understanding like the connection that like, these communities in uh, Latin America have with the communities in India mm. when they 
literally don't know that that place exists, right? Like uh, if you talk with a sadhu in India, they probably don't know where Colombia is, right? Yeah. Or what it is. Um, but if you go really deep into their practices, you understand like so many connections over there. And uh, I was really interested in those connections, in those plants that they use for the same thing. So like how, um, yeah, it's like a su sort of cosmovision that humans connect in different ways that oh, they don't even know that right. they have those sh they share those interesting so i think in my photography was like really into that and and, and the work of women and see how they're so resilient in, in the middle of like a really patriarchal society yeah um which i also grew up with in colombia and i think that's what i ended up in the states kind of looking for that i feel like that's the source of so much conflict in the world like these uh let's say two or three different communities that have no idea how much in common they have with a community that they're totally rivaling or opposing i mean that's everywhere even in america like there's so much uh of a disconnect i feel like america is several countries within itself and some of them just don't talk to each other and they get you know um riled up about these issues uh that affect others and that's that's kind of a, i think it's a negative thing i mean the strife and the topics you were exploring you know in um uh, photo documentary and then also in art in general i mean do you think that was you mentioned that patriarch uh you know patriarchy was part of it in terms of something that you wanted to explore but were there other sort of topics filled with strife that made you want to make an impact in the art that you were making right now yes for sure i think it, um last year my dad died because of Sorry. covid and i think that's started this new work through our mourning and grief and that's been like the work that i've been developing since last year and i think it, um now for my thesis i was thinking about like i think i'm not done with that grief but i'm kind of like done with humans <laughs> somehow um, what do you mean oh just exploring humans or connecting them somehow but i think i'm gonna go in through nature and see mm. um that grief through nature i'm thinking like i've been reading so much like timothy morton and he was talking about like um how our environment is almost melting in front of our eyes yeah it was something that really struck me and thinking about this idea of like our generations are growing up into this grief of nature so coming from the grief of my dad and mourning and grieving all of these people who passed in during this pandemic passing through this grief into nature and i think those kind of the things that i'm exploring also migration i think i'm being an immigrant here and um also being a latina and what did that represent in this yeah. country um those i think are those the two main themes that i'm like touching so much in my practice right now so then so you were in colombia you mentioned that you went to argentina to study you were in india that was before that or after that Actually, I went first Brazil, then yeah. Argentina, then India, and then I traveled around Latin America. And where did you go around Latin America? Yeah, so basically Ecuador, I spent some time in Bolivia, wow. the Amazon in Bolivia, Amazon in Colombia. I traveled from Colombia, I took a boat all the way to the ocean in Brazil and then going down uh, until Sao Paulo. And you're by yourself during this whole time? Uh, sometimes I have friends coming along okay. and this the Brazilian one, I have one of my really good friends, like she lives in Argentina right now. Um, she came to visit me once, I was studying photography there and from Colombia mm. and now she's been more than 10 years living in Buenos Aires wow. but then we we did a travel together and um, I always have fine excuses to or bring people or artists or partners in my life to travel or uh, often alone too I think it's um, you discover yourself in so many ways by traveling alone by yeah. making your practice alone but also working like my last performance at the Jewish Museum we were around 25 people working in this project and 12 more than 12 uh, performers on scene so it's also i think it is part of what i do so much like yes. being alone but also having that conversation with everyone i see that a lot in your work so i mean you mentioned that uh we were just talking about this earlier like isolation and the impact of it um, but then also a lot of your work you do collaborate with others so it's kind of an interesting I don't know if dichotomy is the right word, but it, it kind of makes your art more, um, I think, more cohesive. And I think it's great to collaborate, um, especially in film. I mean, um, like looking at some of your work, 
like calcified. Let's talk about that. So you acted in that too, right? Were you in that? Because there were three, I think three people total, right? Right, right. Yes. Um, in Calcified, it was a project who started this professor at San Francisco Institute when I studied in my undergrad. And um, she started this, this research um, talking about so much of like the border between Mexico and the United States. Mm. And then she was telling me that often uh, how people carrying images or objects when they cross the border, um, walk in, and then often they have to or sewing they have to sew the photos into the clothing oh, wow. um, or tattoos, right? And then they know if they bring any valuables, they're probably gonna lose them yeah. or somebody's gonna take them from yeah. them. So they often have one hand that I can they have to swim or climb and the other hand for a child. So mm-hmm. like that when she was telling me that story, even telling me they found it in the border condoms or yeah. um, peels um, and for like a woman, um, and it kind of humanized the the migration, right? Humanized that like yeah, these people also thinking about sex. These yeah. people also, um, and then I think that that's where calcify starts, and, and thinking about home as a as a shelf. So we're thinking, talking about this, like what the X representing, like are you moving home from one room to the other, but you kind of, you broke that shelf, but somehow yeah. it's in you, it's on you. So I proposed to her to perform, swi- to perform with me. And we started exploring this like a uh, breeding style of like, it's called a holotropic breeding, where you can achieve another like expanded, um, levels of consciousness is this something that you got from yoga in india it, it could have totally yeah. started there but i didn't know it was actually a therapy so what i've been um researching about it is uh after the lsd uh, therapy mm-hmm. and after it got illegal people started like discovering other ways to achieving something similar yeah but through breath breath wow right? breath um, so we were kind of exploring that with a professor for a couple months and then we decided to perform um, and during the pandemic performing from the camera which is also really actually something really new for me because I've been performing since I was a kid at the, at the theater with my uncle and always for the people you have certain energy that you share and yeah. take and um, when you do it live and but since the pandemic I started recording myself mm-hmm. and just putting that camera and performing to the camera and calcify one, one, one of those works so you were acting during your childhood too I mean the whole time yes, in theater I don't call performance um, acting okay. but when I was a kid yes for sure I was acting I mean you're I mean you're immersed into a role right and the, as the performance artist, the subject right. of whatever topic you're exploring. But I feel like it's more about, maybe, right. I feel like it's more connecting myself through that feeling and okay. let it come. I um, see. When you in a role as an actor, I feel like we study this as particular person that somebody creates. Yeah. Right? So I think when I'm performing, it's still me. It's like your most honest representation, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I get sometimes crazy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's okay. That's good for art, right? So then, you're in um, you're in Latin America. You're in India. You're in a lot of different areas. You've traveled. I mean, f- from Colombia, you've been to Brazil. You've been to Ecuador. You've been to a lot of different areas. So then, how do you end up in the states? Love. Love. <laughs> so I came to New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From. Uh, my partner in that time was studying at NYU and I came for like three months I was I wanted to organize my photo book and and yeah I ended up staying the relationship didn't work out (laughs) but uh, I ended up meeting a lot of people here and I applied to this scholarship at the San Francisco Institute because I realized that my work start moving like from the static photo through putting uh, music into it through blurring the image more and more and I was like okay I just need video I just need film and that was like super clear to me and but I wanted to study experimental I didn't want to make the same mistake I made when I was younger to go and study something more formal so um, San Francisco Institute was one of the um, most representative places to study experimental film in the states, and I got a scholarship, so I moved to San Francisco. So, how did you how did you meet uh, your partner then? 
I mean, in New York, I guess, at NYU, I mean. No, he's co- Colo- like half, he was born oh. here, but he, his parents are from Colombia. Okay. And I was in between those trips, I was uh, visiting my family for holidays and it was kind of friends of a friend. And then it was time for him to go back because after it was the winter, but he needed to come back to classes and he was like, you want to come and I spend some time? Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, sure. So I came and then ended up yeah. staying and going to school in San Francisco. So then San Francisco, you get this scholarship. And um, I mean, uh, what were your initial thoughts going there from New York? I mean, how did you how did you compare it? Oh, I was I already knew. I like San Francisco was one of my favorite places in the States. Mm. Like I, I've been there before that time. And um, it was so raw for me in terms of like anything that I haven't seen before in other yeah. places. Maybe Sao Paulo could have a little bit of okay. more of that energy, but that's it. I feel like it's really unique. And um, I really wanted, I was looking forward to, to be in that place. I feel like New York is like a place in so many pockets, but yeah. if you don't know how to kind of go around those pockets, it exactly. could be a lot. It could be Yeah, you end really up like me, super isolated <laughs> everywhere. Uh, wait, so it's San Francisco, I mean. But San Francisco yeah. is more welcoming because it's smaller, so it's kind of like it's easier to, to move around. I feel like San Francisco is kind of haunted. Right. There's the haunting quality of it because there's like the fog. Right. The weather is weird. It's not really like LA or like other areas in California. Right. The bridge is haunting in itself. I don't know. I, I mean, know about that, but it makes sense, kind of. I mean, people have you know like committed suicide on that. I mean, it's kind of well known. So it is. It is kind of interesting. And then you mentioned this this building that we're in is right. haunted. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, this building has a lot of story. Like you can take a look, but um, do you know how old it is? No, actually, no. It's got to be old. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, so it has many rooms that we don't even have, like a middle um, floors, even, mm. and places that we don't even allow to go. And yeah, so nice. it is. So sometimes we go explore and like okay. play around. Yeah. Okay. So then you're in San Francisco, and you're studying. Uh, and then, so what do you do? You think about focus on a specific medium or are you are you really interested in all of it art moving image um do you want to specialize at that point or do you want to kind of continue doing more broad type of strokes and the work that you're exploring this is a really great question right now in this time in my career because i think uh, i'm more passionate toward performance 100 percent is it happens once and if you're there you're there otherwise like People exactly. can talk about it. Even if you record it, it will never be the same. Exactly. That being there. So it's something about this impermanence that I'm like super um, excited about it all the time. And it gives me certain energy. It's like a kind of shot of adrenaline and then it goes away, right? Um, so that's for sure my favorite. But I, I feel like in this world of the fine arts, performance are not that well it's not that welcoming mm-hmm. or um, people's i feel like it's a lot of well, majority of our programs are painting painters uh-huh. um and it's still like this uh, kind of like way of like perceiving the artist as the painter as the sculptor right and, uh, the people who make sculpture and so i think that i've been kind of more focusing on my the conceptual part of my practice and then see from where that work or what that work is asking or how that work yeah is gonna be showing that to the yeah. world basically or like um, i'm not thinking when i'm creating the next work like right now I'm, like i'm going to the amazon i'm doing this yeah. research for my thesis yeah but it could be on a sculpture it could be a maybe not a painting i don't think i'll do a painting but yeah. let's say a painting or you can ask him through many variations of the same right i think it for right now is like conceptually building this thing and right. then it will look the way to go out so in san francisco i mean was your did someone kind of like blow your mind like did you have a mentor that you were really close to you mentioned the calcify professor was that was that person or was it someone else no i i met her after i graduated actually oh. um so and then we did this work and actually we're planning to do we're shooting right now for new work the work that is already in, in half gallery right now uh is going we're looking for a way to show it in a billboard in the border between mm-hmm. mexico and the united states okay 
Um, so now this is a pr project I w and my idea is like to send somebody to shoot her in California. She lives there, and um, we kind of like working between those two mm. two images, mine with the fast food and her also with this idea of like uh, the American and one who is the American and what the American represent, and also in that um, conversation with fast food. Fast food. So uh, the widow people thing. So right. that that. That was interesting. I mean, that was incredible. So uh, I honestly didn't know where it was going to go. Like when I first saw it, I mean, you hear this wake up call thing, right? And then you kind of keep going and it's it's a lot of people eating, but it's more, it's obviously more in depth than that. Um, in terms of that, because I had a few questions about that. So the, f the food that they're eating, that's, is that real? Oh, a hundred percent. That's Irene. Irene, I met her uh, through with the people that's the professor from SFA. Okay. Um, yeah, so majority of them are not performance artists, mm. even I think it, majority of them was the first time they did performances. So I invite them, yeah. I kind of trick them about bringing food, fast food that is yeah. kind of identified, like something that connects them somehow. So, um, oh. one of them is from China. So she brought, um, Panda Express. Yeah and um oscar mexican so different like kind of like donuts but like sure and th yeah things that for them are super um connect them right. somehow yeah and then um irene from guatemala f uh, from costa rica and then uh, also from korea so india and me from colombia but mm. all we all live in the states and somehow um are in different like uh, immigration processes and at the same time so um for me it was uh, kind of interesting to invite them uh, through through that table yeah. all the food and i also invite them to create other performances to kind of uh, and i was going to I, I record them and help them into that process but the one for the food was mine that i invite them to perform with me and on purpose, I put all of the other performers during the morning. I give them no food until that time. There was a yeah. lunch time. Everybody yeah. was really hungry. Yeah. Um, and I just leave the camera recording and until like the only kind of like we were saying, like, let's go all for it. It's yeah. going to go around 10, 15 minutes until somebody's really about to puke. That's what I thought stop. was going to happen at the end. <laughs> And I was, yeah, I was, I was totally expecting that because they're not just eating this. I mean, it's like KFC or whatever. They're like gorging. Right. You think that the end is going to be someone throwing up, but it's not. Right. I think that happened for sure. Right. Oh, wow. Right. We cut the camera and it was like a moment like we all like really, it was really an awful sensation. And yeah. I repeated from this work again. And I was hoping I wanted to do a live um, but I think for the purpose of like doing it in the billboard right now and on the gallery, it was better to do it only for the camera. Yeah. But and it's also really doing performance art. It's really challenging. Like I have to prepare my body to be able to eat that food. And, yeah. Um, mentally and also, and I I, I think it's, I have something with the f being Latin American with the food and the food that we are used to here and then. Also, what type of people, because we have this idea in Latin America about the American dream mm -hmm. and also like, but with so many people in that other continent, that, yeah. um, we all now have all the same stories. Yeah. And I think a true food is so much about that. And um, I feel like uh, when you come to the States, you have, of, of course, the idea of the country of abundance and opportunities, yeah. but also who have those opportunities or what type of abundance are you um, exposed to? Right. So I think it, uh, that's a lot of what's happening with the fast food there. What kind of food did you grow with? I grew up in a farm, right? Yeah. I mean, so it was uh, a lot of fruits and vegetables and everything. Like I was just kind of going and my mom used to tell me like uh, you can get only what you're gonna eat yeah so i know that a certain food that I eat, if i just take one zucchini i know i have to eat it all or yeah things like that um so yeah really fresh and um i feel like here it's almost a privilege to eat like natural food or so-called organic food and yeah you have to go to whole foods and spend your entire paycheck right right but like uh, talking about whole foods like uh, uh, if you see like a little package of fruit yeah. in whole foods it can cost you like nine dollars yeah. how much it costs you a fuck uh, a bucket of fried chicken right like that way you less. Can, yeah. right that you can also feed your entire family right and what are the places who like you can spend your 
ABT, right? Mm-hmm. So like what type of food immigrants or people who cannot have access or people with disability also who sometimes can cook. So they have all of these prepackaged food. What type the unhealthiest food? thing that you can imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cycle of capitalism, right? Right. Something that you've explored. So then you mentioned um, we kind of were talking about collaboration and everything. So then what happens at San Francisco, I mean, the Art Institute, like when you're there, you mentioned you were there for, you said nine years or like eight, eight years. So then what do you, how is your experience there evolving from when you got there into like your last, your final years? Right. I think I, I, it's not a day that I don't miss home in San Francisco. I call it like, I still call it home. Wow. I, um, I just moved this year for the program here at Columbia. So I think I'm just starting getting used to New York, yeah. um, but it takes time, I feel. Um, yeah. But no, San Francisco is home for me, 100%. It's a place that I spend most of my time. I can never stay at normally more than two years in each country. Mm-hmm. After I'm the same way, but I'm same state, not same country. <laughs> I'm not that international, but yeah. And then um, San Francisco is a place that I was like, okay, this is going to be home for me. And I create that community and home for, for myself. Um, and the the school is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. We're like closing right now, so it's like a it's really closing. Yes. Oh, um, that's sad. It is because it was like one of the most interesting places for um, art in the entire country. I feel and and in this, we were one of the only schools from experimental like mm. film that uh, still exists, but not anymore what a shame right right but so yeah the community there was like incredibly amazing and i think that's um i kind of shape a lot of my political uh visions Mm. in that place as well what are you proudest of in terms of your work in san francisco it's kind of a tough question i (laughs) I don't know I'm not sure. I think uh, for sure the collaborations and mentors, right? Like uh, you were talking about, like I have one of these professors, her name is Lindsay White. Mm-hmm. Her practice is amazing. But um, in her class, I make half of my portfolio. Like it wow. was like the way she was pushing me and and <clears throat> kind of taking me to these places of like, uh, you can give me more, yeah. give me more, what yeah. is inside. What, and then I felt so motivated to create, to make performances, right. to make a video work, to make, uh, it, she was actually teaching a photo class, but I, oh, I never wow. took one photo in that class yeah. because she was totally allowing me to explore in any way I want the concepts that I was um, yeah, into in that time. So, and then she wrote my letter of recommendation for yeah. Columbia. So that, and I also have a Danish professor, um, Mats Liniab. Mm. And also there was like another person I was like hours with me in the library talking about work or life yeah. or even, because that life is what is also feed my practice. Uh-huh. Right? Is that where you made Absentia? Absentia, yes. Oh yeah, of course. That's I'm really proud of Absentia if we talk about yeah. that. <laughs> That was wild. I mean, so that's an example of like you're dealing with, um, you know, you're working with film. I mean, I assume there's that uh, that constant image of that blonde girl, like it's oh, she's like flossing or whatever. And then, but you also have the performance art element. So that was that. I wanted to ask you, like um, that music, that's like really eerie and deep. I mean, what were you? What led to the? What led to that whole thing coming about? Yeah, this is a really powerful story. So I went to, I got a scholarship to study art history in in Italy, in Venice, for wow. the summer. I went there, so I started exploring a little bit Europe. So I know my father's family um, lives in Germany, so I went to visit. Mm-hmm. And then I met this cousin that I never knew about it. Um, and then he told me that he have another eight brothers and sisters and what i kind of opened this like wow i didn't know about all of these people yeah and that one of them was alejandra and her story was fascinating so she was born in jail right 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 and uh, i went to barcelona and met her and we actually really close right now um and we kind of like after talking so much was recording our conversations and and the main question was like what it means home for you when you yeah. were born in jail like this place that is uh like you can say like it's like public by private by like so cold at the same time and what are your memories when you were a kid and um i think after all of these like talks and introspection alejandra realized that 
her home is her body mm. and then she moves around with that home everywhere she goes and I think I took that uh, main concept in all of this research with Alejandra to create absentia in this way of like what it means to be in a woman's body right now. What a wild experience. Then let's talk about music. So I've seen, have you, did you use um, like this conjunto music, like uh, kind of like it almost is like mariachi music, but mixed with the this button accordion thing. Did you ever use something like that? I feel like I was watching something and I, I don't know, like what inspires you to make certain musical decisions? Right. So in this, in Absentia, I was working with really, really talented Colombian artist. Uh, he's actually in Berlin mm. right now. Um, and I always like like to collaborate with these really bright um, musicians. And um, I also love to like just go into experimental music and look. I love to concrete music, recording sounds, and then make it that into something else. But I often look for musicians to help me mix that or like, okay, this is what I'm interested in it. Um, I love Foley sounds. I don't know if you're yeah. into it. Yeah. So in San Francisco Institute, I have a professor who invited me to work with him in a movie where we record majority of Foley sounds. And since then, I see him the way to introduce them to my practice through um, recording, like, I don't know, food also at the same time. Yeah. Or like right now in the Amazon, I'm really interested to record like, um, animals and the ecosystem and I'll see how that can I can just suppose that with the New York environment yeah. or landscape wow and then what about broken meaning how did that come about because I that was interesting like you kind of start out with the teeth and breaking it but then there are, I mean I think there are like seven parts the sixth am I right am I right mm-hmm. the yeah. sixth part was the one that really like touched me because it's so like what you did with the color was so vivid and so wild. How did that come about? Cause that is another collaboration with multiple artists, right? Right. So this is from the, with the people project. Mm. Um, so we all kind of like a start a main project. So my main project was the video. And then from there uh, we create American language. Mm. And then from there, I got my version, which is Gluttony for the American Land, which is a work right now in the gallery here in Manhattan. Um, But that, I actually don't remember what was the artist who started the project. Um, But so we have one piece that somebody started, we didn't know what was it, and then ship it to your house. This is during the pandemic. I received that painting, and it was like... um, a painting that I already have holes like uh, you have like yeah. a, I don't know do you know how to describe it but basically like uh, when you're like it's not describable <laughs> when you're shooting something so you have this kind of sticker of the person and all yeah. the um, circles to to shoot right, right. so um, he used to be part of the military um, and he studied also with us at the San Francisco Institute so he sent me that and I was already I wanted to have in mind what I wanted to do but I didn't know how to react with this piece and I've been actually I'm um, <laughs> collecting in my family teeth. I'm like actually the actual teeth. I've been you've been collecting teeth. Yeah, like, okay. I, like my grandma. I just called my grandma. It actually, coming here and I was like, Grandma, remember if you go to the dentist, keep the teeth for me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was really funny uh, yeah. request. But I'm being really interested in how um, the way your teeth look is shows so much about yourself, yeah. about who you are, what the food you eat. Uh-huh. Um, also um, your economical situation, right? And a, a level of education. Yeah. And then uh, kind of keep exploring that in through like why we don't have access to dental as like uh, everybody should have, right. right? And it seems like uh, mostly in the United States is a privilege, right? Yeah. So who, again... Everything's who have, a privilege in the United States. <laughs> right? But who have access to these things that is like a normal thing, right? right? Something like should be for everyone, right? And, and places in Latin America, you have kids with like really difficult conditions and yeah. everything you share in your state. So... Um, I think it was part of that broken meaning was just taking that mold of my teeth uh, and um, they just make that for an eye guard and I just keep it and I break in that as a way of like critique, I guess, yeah. right? That's wild. So then kind of going back, I mean, um, looking at the different sort of media, then where does stop motion come in? Because you did a lot of that. That was the phase three thing, right? Like that astronaut, the reimagining mm-hmm. Earth. How right. did that come about? Yeah, I was every those all in the exploration at the San Francisco Institute. I wanted to um, do animation, but I'm I was really like since the pandemic is when I started my kind of digital era okay. the most 
because Absentia and the majority of works that it was before the pandemic, they're all analog. Yeah. So I was working with Super 8, mostly 60 millimeter. Why Super 8 and 16? What What are you inspired by there? Well, that's the way you learn in the San Francisco Institute. Man, this place is mind-blowing. It it's is. closing. It's so That's sad. terrible. Like you can't believe I, for our community and for the whole um, the world. For the arts, yeah, yeah, in the entire world and for the country. But yeah, we learned with a Bolex camera, which is a huge, yeah. heavy, old camera. Yeah. And, uh, and then you learn how to pass the film, how to process it yourself, to see how the image comes and yeah. like, put it in these really old projectors that everybody complains that never work, but yeah. I love the way to yeah. see it. It's like magic, right? Yeah. Um, so you do that for the first semester and then you can keep it or you can move to a digital. And I was just, they have everything for you to do that over yeah. there. So they have, um, we, it's often it's called the Studio X in a basement. And uh, that was my second home. I was there all the time in the darkness, like, um, printing or editing or working with this all like I, like cutting the film and that's the real editing beautiful yeah. i yeah. was just really in, with the I, razor blade thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, right. we just yeah. have a machine to cut it okay but yeah. still yeah <laughs> yeah um but i feel like that was the way i was like really introduced to that genre and see how poetical things become and just by the aesthetics that it imply and how it becomes so physical also to work with with that yeah it's like almost akin to the art and the performance art like you have such a hands-on right. impact as right. opposed to doing something digitally and no one shoots on film anymore which i think is a disservice the film like it's really everyone yeah also. that's true and you don't know where it's going to get developed it's like they're not a lot of people anymore right that's what for me was so easy because they got this bulk of film yeah. so they cut it for us and yeah. it was so cheap i remember like it was like two dollars and fifty and i have a roll of film already like yeah. incredible cheap like here <laughs> like try i try to make a work and super eight was just cheaper than 16 and it was like so expensive that i was like okay just let it go just work into digital and try to um invest in other things invest in performers and pay them and um everything that implies my practice right now what kind of films you know do you like and what kind of films do you kind of grow up watching i mean is that was that a big interest for you also or not um, as much i don't think so that much i think i was more into theater and when I was a child, more into movies, I think, uh, the, and then it's still right now, I feel like I'm not such a, people often mix, like I'm calling me as a filmmaker, and that's yeah. something that, I, the only thing that I will say, I really, I'm not really a filmmaker. Mm. Um, um, I don't envision my work to be watched in a linear way in a theater. And uh, and even if it's a hybrid or anything, I get my the way I, I approach to the work is like I have this research and I kind of going through a documentary when I want to know anything about it. Like I'm right now, I'm going to the Amazon. I want to work with these biologists. I want to understand what they study, what they do. In the yeah. case of Alejandra, I spent months with her, knowing her, learning about her. And then after that, it's kind of I like put all these pieces in, in this table and cutting them and blow them away and create my practice. So I forgot what was the question, but uh, just the interest in whether there was an interest in film oh, and yeah. watching films. But you, yeah. you kind of mentioned not as much, right? Yeah, not that much. I will say, like, of course, the queen Maya Deren. Um, I don't know if you know her, but um, wait, who is this? Maya Deren. No, I don't know her. Um, everybody should check her out right now. Okay. <laughs> but um, for me, it's the queen of the experimental film. Uh, and I think a lot of her work, it was a lot of part of my research and, and inspiration for what I do right now. Interesting. So then um, what about, because I mean, I guess as we wrap up, what about uh, Sankofa? Because when I saw that, that was, I think, visually, um, that was incredible. I mean, that was you shot that on 16, right? In right. Colombia. Right. How did that project come about? I mean, you, you did. I think you mentioned that that was like an exorcism of social repression. Mm-hmm. So what, how does that yeah, happen? Yeah, so that happened because I won this award, Kodak Award, and they gave me a film, a um, bunch of money in film. And I took that film and I was thinking about what I wanted to do with it. And so I flew to Colombia and I invited one of my childhood friends, um, Carmenza. And she, we used to play capoeira when we were kids. And uh, Carmenza was always, I grew up in this city with like 90% African Colombian people. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I was called as a white person in that wow. city. 
and having and then she was always telling me about these uh, stories about like feeling like so um different from everybody even though she was part of that 90 percent of the population yeah. in the city i grew up with um so i think uh, when i came to the states and i started feeling like being called as a brown person um i kind of like feel exactly those feelings that she was talking about mm-hmm. and like again like coming to this country and now being as not really special in the way that people wanted to know everybody's or every immigrant story but it's kind of like they put you into a box of yeah. like you are the certain way right. like did i cross the border by walking or swimming yeah. or did i came by a plane yeah. right so it's like it's like they kind of like you are in the middle of this bag of like these stereotypes of who you are just because you're a latina or because um, your skin looks different and right away I went to Carmenza to share my story and to share mm-hmm. how was my experience being a, a Latina in, in the in the United States and I wanted to give her um, the space to be a star in my film yeah. and to get out all of these emotions that she talked to me she we were a kid when we were child and and that's what it's unfocused. Okay. So for her, it was like we went to nature, this place that we grew up with, spent a week. She was writing every day, taking out of that emotions. And she's really a, an amazing dancer right now. And um, I record her dancing and as a way of like a, taking out all of that and cleaning it in a certain way through nature. So that's it. What is that the film about? So how do you feel like, um, I mean, coming here then, uh, you know, to, to Colombia, I mean, how do you, um, have you sort of gotten close with the other artists? I mean, I know you're moving into the studio now, the space, but do you feel kind of connected or is that isolation still sort of a the, the thematic element in your life? No, I think it's a, it's a different, it's, I, I'm kind of addicted right now and through <laughs> studying because of the people, the critiques that we have. Yeah. And it's so, it, it just gives you that platform of like that community no, I feel it for sure. Of course, you don't connect with everybody, but with the majority of people, like it's fascinating to see to go to these studios and see what they're creating, what they're researching, and when they're it's um, it's empowering. So then you mentioned the pandemic kind of made you more involved in moving image and I guess filmmaking a little bit, right? I mean, how did how do you think? Um, what do you think of the state of I don't know, like the arts now, like, do you think it's recovered at least in, in New York and maybe even in San Francisco? Like, cause the past two years did a lot of damage, um, in terms of just not being able to go to the theater and not being able to go to movies. Um, do you think that's kind of, has that gone back to where it was? I'm not sure in New York, uh, because I'm really new in the city yeah. since last year. I just moved, uh, last summer. Um, but just being in a gallery, like a, a really good gallery right now, having this exhibition and being the first moving image artist in the, the story of that gallery, yeah. it's pretty shocking uh, to see how um, moving image is opt- often moving into out of the gallery. So I don't know if you were able to see our first year show, which is in the Lempfest. Mm. Um, they wanted to put my work, my video work, like showing it one time into the theater yeah and i was like absolutely no like i just want to be with everybody else like in the gallery Hmm. so i have to create all i have to always be so creative in a way that when i can have the all the galleries are made for painters and sculptures with a lot of light Mm -hmm. and my video my work requires darkness so it's like how i can play with this idea or like so uh, we have the opportunity to show work in one of the billboards in Times Square. Wow. And then all of these billboards are made with LED walls. And then I was, well, I'm going to take the billboard to the gallery. So I place uh, a screen on the ceiling with the LEDs. Yeah. And uh, and right now, the way I'm showing in this gallery is the same thing, like showing these LEDs on the window, and kind of like giving back. Like if you enter the gallery on the back, is no video. Like uh, the video is for the people, mm. not for the gallery. Interesting. And give you that access to, I think about living in, in San Francisco, um, it was a huge homeless community. Yeah. And um, I always dreamed with this idea of like showing experimental film in billboards around in, this mm. in every community and not only commercial things. So right. using these, com- these commercial objects like LED walls are for concerts or for advertising and putting it in an art environment but also showing it outside so you don't have to be dressing a certain way or have certain 
um, aesthetics to be in order to enter to a gallery, even if it's for free. Not everybody can enter a gallery. And not everybody is sometimes educated to see art. But what if you kind of clash that and put it into the window and leave it all night for everybody to pass around? So I think it's kind of playing with that, that idea. That's wild. That's so awesome. So you said you're going to the Amazon, you said Friday? Yes. So uh, what are you kind of coming into that experience with? Because you've, you've spent time there. You've definitely spent tons of time in South America <laughs> your whole life, right? So then what are you coming in with? Um, like, is, do you have a different perspective coming in now than before? Right, right, right. I think I was, before I was more interested in seeing cultural approaches. Like I, um, I look 99% as an uh, indigenous person in Colombia but I don't have any of the knowledge of any culture um, approach to these indigenous communities because of colonization. So my family is a mix of everybody. So mm. my mom can have more like a Afro-Latina and I can look more indigenous, white. And then uh, you have like my grandma who looks more like also more white European. Mm. And then you have all of my father who looks used to look like super like uh, indigenous so um because that's colonization so i basically Mm -hmm. the daughter of the colonizer and the colonized right right. and i was really interested to understanding like what was those roots those original roots and and that was kind of what i was moving in through when i was younger and going to the amazon in bolivia or these other countries but right now i'm just my approach is more scientific Mm -hmm. um, because i'm I'm kind of tired of using those images of indigenous people and somehow it's so much like just take it like it's part of the colonizer uh, perspective of going with the camera and take these pictures and put it out and it's just like this happened with the indigenous community so much that you go and take and take and take and take from people that have nothing yeah exactly and then you leave so I'm not that interested right now of course I'm gonna stay close to a community and I'm gonna share with them but I'm not interested in taking any image of them or and see th- what way I can contribute in a, but not really in a way to take out but um, to see what are the impacts of climate change right now in uh, in the Amazon the Amazon is one of the most corrupted places in the world corruptive and yeah and it's so sad because you're like the way I was doing this trip like going through through the river the Amazon River from Colombia you take a, a run a week to get into the ocean. Wow. And then you are in this beautiful, incredible yeah. place. Um, and then you have the kids coming in these little boats and, and sell you like um, fruits or stuff yeah. into the, the boat. And the boat is not gigantic also, mm-hmm. it's small. Um, and then you feel like so connected to yeah. the, the earth. To like in the, the Amazon is a place that... It's not ruled by humans. Right. Like you're really a second yeah, type it's the of animals, citizen. Right? Exactly. Yeah, and the forest. Um, and at the end, when you arrive, you start seeing like no more trees. It smells really different. And it's mm. all of these huge companies taking all of these trees out and yeah. selling it. So also it's a lot of trafficking of like wild animals or exotic animals. Mm. And um, teeth, again, of like uh, uh, animals like, I don't know, um, cocodriles or yeah. like, um Cayman, they call it there, but mm. it's it's just so or uh, uh, birds, right? They take it like they want to take all the feathers or taking the birds or selling monkeys. It's just like it's just really devastating. So it's so rich. It's so uh, it's like I think it's the heart of Latin America, yeah. of the whole world somehow, and it's also at the same time uh, one of the most conflicted places in the world. Man, I guess that's why you're, that's part of why you're going, right? Right. That's why you picked that place. Man, uh, I enjoyed this. This is good for me. How is it for you? Great, great. Thank you. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I mean, I hope you had a good, uh, you have a good trip and, um, you know, really, again, like just want to echo, really love your work, everything you're doing. I think it's really important for artists to make the statements that you, you have. And I think you've had such an impact on art and, um, I hope you, you know, keep kind of keep going uh keep doing what you're doing because it's really great great work and really important especially during this time so thank you so much for uh for letting me talk to you thank you thank you